Hello everybody, my name is Amelia Pickering and it is a great privilege and honour for me to be with you today on what is a very unusual day, I suppose, um, or certainly an unusual weekend, being Mother's Day weekend. It would probably look a little differently to you and I'm sure a year ago if we had thought about what this day would be like, it might not have been like this, but yet here we are trying to figure out what this looks like um, and how to make this a blessed day. And so I, I hope that um, you have some great things planned, whatever they may look like, and that your family is coping well in these really bizarre situations. Uh, we are certainly doing our best at our home to try and figure out what this looks like and how to make uh, things work well and how to normalise it. Um, we're all from home. I'm working from home. My husband's working from home. My son's doing school from home, like most of you. And I was really quite cocky at the beginning of the whole thing and thought this was going to be glorious. Um, we're such a great little family, aren't we? And so we're just really going to have such a blessed and wonderful time together. And so made the assumption that uh, we would eat breakfast together and lunch together and just have a really great time. I travel a lot for work. Daryl works long hours and Aaron is always out and about, uh, 17 going on 18. And so this was going to be an opportunity for us to really just be together all of the time. And what's happened, of course, is that we are together all of the time. And so on day one of working from home day, which I was sure would be spectacular, uh, it was only about 15 minutes in when I realised not so much, not so much with the spectacular because my husband is a very loud talker, which I've suspected for the many, 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 many years we've been married, but really was confirmed uh, on day one working from home day when he kept projecting his voice, even though his microphone is literally right here wearing a headset -y thingy, uh, in his meetings, he was speaking as if the people were still in the city. And so we've had to figure out what that looks like. I've quickly moved out of my office uh, and into my bedroom, um, and we're figuring it out. And I know in comparison to what some families are experiencing, that may be nothing, but it's certainly a new normal for us. And so I hope you are coping and doing well. Um, and in amongst this craziness and the unknown, we have an opportunity today to just spend some time together. So I pray that what I share with you will be a blessing. Uh, I pray that what I share with you will be an encouragement, that it will bring you some joy, maybe a bit of a laugh, and also a challenge. Um, but before I do any of that, I wanted to quickly just make a bit of a public service announcement. I know there are some people looking for work, so this may or may not appeal to anybody. The position that's available is, uh, the title is Mother, Mom, or Mama, mummy, all interchangeable. The job description is for a long-term team player that is needed for challenging permanent work in an often chaotic environment. Candidates must possess excellent communication and organisational skills, be willing to work valuable, uh, variable hours, which will include evenings and weekends and frequent 24-hour uh, shifts on call. Some overnight travel is required, including trips to primitive camping sites on rainy weekends and endless sports tournaments in faraway cities. Responsibilities and tenure the rest of your life. You must be willing to be hated, at least temporarily or until someone needs $5. You must be willing to bite your tongue repeatedly, also possess the physical stamina of a pack mule. You must be willing to face stimulating technical challenges such as small gadget repair, mysteriously sluggish toilets, and stuck zippers. You must screen phone calls, maintain calendars, coordinate production of multiple homework projects. You must have the ability to plan and organize social gatherings for clients of all ages and mental outlooks. You must be willing to be indispensable one minute and a complete embarrassment the next. You must 
Always hope for the best, but expect the worst. Possibility for advancement and promotion, um, none whatsoever. Your job will virtually remain the same for years without complaining, constantly retraining and updating your skills so that those in your charge can ultimately surpass you. Previous experience, none is required, unfortunately. On-the-job training is offered on a continually exhausting basis. Wages and compensation. Get this, you pay them. Offering frequent raises and bonuses, and when you die, you give them everything that is left. And the oddest thing about this reverse salary scheme is that you actually enjoy it and you wish you could do it more. The benefits, while there are no super, no tuition reimbursement, no paid holiday, no sick leave, no stock options, uh, the job supplies you limitless opportunities for personal growth and free hugs for life if you play your cards right. Happy Mother's Day to all of those mothers who do all of those things and more. And I think in the past couple of months, we can add teacher and doctor and counselor and all of those things into, into that. You are doing an incredible job and we thank you and we honour you um, and we think you're pretty awesome. We also honour those that perhaps today, it's Mother's Day and Father's Day or over this weekend, you'll celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day because you're a single uh, parent home. We certainly have uh, quite a few of those within our church community and we just we want to just think you're, tell you that we think you're amazing, that we recognise that what you're doing is really challenging and very difficult, um, and that you are loved and appreciated. Keep going on, keep staying strong. We also want to recognise that on a day like today or on a weekend like this when we celebrate Mother's Day, that there are a lot of people for whom the celebration is, uh, is not one of joy. Um, maybe it's a time of grief or sadness. There are many that cannot be with their mothers today. There are many that maybe have lost their mothers and there are many mums who have lost their children or a child. And so on a day like Mother's Day, a weekend like this, it's a, it's a time of grief and sadness. And so we just want you to know that we're standing with you. Our prayers and our thoughts are with you. Um, and finally, I also want to just make note because I've had quite a few friends who have walked this journey and for those uh, who really have tried to conceive or have had on their hearts a real burning desire to be a mum and have just not been able to be that and it's just not happened for them. Today can sometimes be, or Mother's Day can sometimes be a real day of sadness and grief. Um, and we just want you to know that you were loved and that we're standing with you um, and that you were appreciated and you are valuable and you are purposeful and we absolutely love having you in our, in our church family, in our family of faith. And so um, our prayers and our thoughts are with you also. But today, the message I want to share is applicable to you. It's applicable to the mums, it's applicable to the dads, it's applicable to everybody. And so I pray that you will just tune in uh, and hear what the Word of God has to say to you today. Certainly, the passage I'm going to read is called the, the Proverbs 31 Woman. Uh, and so sometimes we kind of switch off and go, that's not for me. And to be completely honest with you, it is probably up until recently, one of my least favourite passages. Uh, it's it's totally not a fave. It's one of those passages that... you that you read and you go, hmm, that's not really my kind of thing, not really into that, she's not really uh, that relevant to me, um, and if she was, it would make me feel incre in incredibly inadequate and insufficient, so I'm just going to skip right over that one to something that I feel a little bit more comfortable with. But when you dig beneath the surface, like it is with any passage of Scripture, any passage of Scripture, you have to dig beneath the surface, you have to understand what is the context of this passage, what did it mean then and there, and therefore, what does it mean for us here and now? 
then there are some deep, profound truths that you will find and that I think we will agree we'll find together today. So I'm going to read Proverbs 31 from verse 10, but we will talk about verse 1 to 9 in a minute. And I'm going to read it all, um, which may take a few minutes, so settle in, um, because it's important that we get the whole context. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing food from afar. She gets up while it is still dark and she provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds a distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and she extends her hand to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed and she is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gates where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is in her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. What a woman. She is this incredible woman that we find in a particular context doing a whole lot of amazing things that sometimes we would think, I don't understand what it is that that means for me. But if we do dig a bit beneath the surface and have a look a little bit more clearly about what is the psalm telling us, like I said, there are so many great truths. And the first thing that we can see from verse 1 to 9 is that this passage wasn't written for women. This passage was written primarily to men or to a man. This passage was written or composed by King Lemuel's mother, and King Lemuel uh, theologians um, say is the poetic name for King Solomon. So King Solomon's mum said to him, Son Kinpumkin, you're looking for a good woman. This is what you want to find. You want to find this lady. It was not a prescription for Christian women everywhere to be these things. It was good, sage, loving, motherly advice from a mother to a son. Um, I don't know about you. I've got two boys. I don't know what I would write if I had to write a position description for them to say this is what you're looking for. Certainly we're talking about a different context, um, you know, a different time, different family structures, different family roles to what we are now. So I'm pretty sure it wouldn't look a whole lot, lot like uh, the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, and to be fair, regardless of what I gave them, they would probably then go out and find uh, something completely opposite. So that might not be a good strategy for me, so I might let that alone. But if I was to write something for them, I reckon all I could say is that I want the very best for you. And I think you would say that for your children. Most of us are doing our best and most of us want the very, very best for our kids. 
And so we have to remember then the context of this passage is exactly that. This is motherly advice for this is what the very, very best may look like. And when we reframe it in that light, it makes it a lot less daunting. It makes it less daunting to try and be this woman that gets up before dawn and whose lamp never goes out. I really don't like before dawn. Before dawn is not my time of day. I'm definitely a post-dawn woman and I don't even have a lamp. And so those things are so difficult for me to understand and identify. But if I think about it more in terms of not so much a prescription of things that I have to do, but wisdom of what it looks like to be a good godly woman in a particular context, then that's really encouraging. The other thing we can see from this passage is um, that just like the Proverbs 31 woman and Wonder Woman, uh, she's not real. She's an allegory. She doesn't actually exist. She's not a real person. She's an image. She's a, a composite portrait of what it looked like to be a good and godly woman at that time in that context. She's an ideal. And unlike what we experience today, we are constantly confronted with ideals. Some of them are good and godly, like this one, but some of them not so much every day. We are bombarded with what an ideal looks like, what an ideal man looks like, what an ideal woman looks like, what does it mean to be a successful human? What does it mean to be a successful or a good mum? What does it mean to be a real man? Uh, images from media and television and books and movies that portray this image of what it looks like to be a particular thing or a particular identity. And most of the time, those images we're presented with are really toxic. And so we can get caught up in a trap of comparisons that's unhealthy and it's not doing you any favors. There are certainly good images that we see around us. There are good godly images that we see like the Proverbs 31 woman, like we see in the word of God, like we see through the life of Jesus, through good people around us in our world that are doing good things. But there are a lot of really unhealthy images that sometimes we get caught up comparing ourselves to. Uh, and we shouldn't. We shouldn't compare ourselves to images and we shouldn't compare ourselves to each other because neither of those things are incredibly healthy. The problem with comparisons is that you can never compare like with like. We're too different, right? God is a, a good, clever, creative God that has created us in such a unique and unusual way that there is absolutely no one like you. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but it's absolutely true. There is no one like you, which means there is no one like your family. There is no family unit that looks like that. There is no one who does your job the way you can or lives life the way you can. All of these situations, these uh, collections of humans and structures are really nuanced and really complex. And so you can't compare because it's not apples and apples. We're not the same. We're any number of different fruits, a bunch of fruits we are, no apples and apples. We're all so different and unique. I'd like to share a little bit of a story that maybe gives you a better perspective of what I mean when it comes to the dangers of, of creating those comparisons. And I'd like to do so by showing you a picture. At the moment, you're looking at a picture of my two beautiful young boys called Caleb and Aaron. 
They're now grown-ups, and I'm sure they're particularly excited about how many times I've referred to them in this message. Um, they're loving it, I'm sure, and now, of course, that I'm showing you a photo of them, they're going to be particularly happy with me. Anyway, this is a photo of Caleb and Aaron, and some many, many years ago, Aaron's now almost 18, Caleb's 25, and when we took this picture, we went on a little holiday, and, and when I had reflected on this photo a few years after, God really spoke to me about what I'd like to share with you. This picture is my two boys standing at the bottom of the White Knights, which are the tallest, supposedly, the tallest gum trees in Tasmania. We wanted to do a little family holiday. So we scrimped and saved for a very long time, um, got on the boat on the Spirit and went off to Tasmania and did a great road trip. Now, this was quite a few years ago. I couldn't even tell you my maths is very bad. I think Aaron's maybe three there, so maybe 15 years ago. At that point, you know, um, digital cameras were not quite what they are now, and you certainly didn't have a camera on your phone. I had the good old Nokia. And you only had maybe 200 photos on your memory stick and you had to put the batteries in. All the young people are thinking, I don't even know what she's talking about. Um, and they didn't recharge. And so this was a little bit of a temperamental thing, but we were, we were just so proud of it. And coming to the end of our holiday, we'd almost taken all our photos and I really wanted to see the white night. So I insisted that we're going to see the trees and made my family drive an hour and a half to the reserve and then hike an hour and a half, which was joyous, you can imagine, to see the trees. And then as we saw the trees, we finally got there. Oh, this is lovely. I just want to take a photograph of the children in front of the trees. Let's com commemorate this beautiful moment. And as I take the photograph, my husband, Daryl, jumps in front of the camera, which is the next image that you're seeing. Hilarious, right? Isn't it funny when he jumps in front of the camera? Yes, we all had a very good laugh. It's hilarious. But doll, my battery is dying and I only have one photo. So every time you do that, I have to go through all the menu. I've got to delete the photo and get the kids back in order so that I can try and take the photo because the battery's dying. And so I try to take the photo again and he did it again. <laughs> it's hilarious. He did it five times. And then it was not so funny. And at this point, I'm a little grumpy. The kids are running around the tree. Aaron's disappeared. And I'm feeling a bit frustrated. And I may or may not have lost my cool. The kids refer to it as the release of the Kraken. It's a phenomenon that happens sometimes. I can be really calm. And all of a sudden, the Kraken may or may not be released. And the Kraken was released. Me no happy taking the photo, children in front of the trees, Daryl stand over there and I took the photo. And if you look now at the photo with that context, you don't see a happy snap. You see two kids maybe pretty unhappy standing at the bottom of a tree. But that's all you see. You don't see the hour and a half hike home. You don't see the hour and a half in the car where nobody talked to each other. You don't see the suki la la that we had to deal with all day. You don't see any of that context, you just see the image. And that's what happens with perceptions. All you can see of someone's life, of someone's job, of someone's situation, is a perception. Everybody smiles in photographs. You have no idea what someone else is living or dealing with. And by comparing yourself to someone else, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because it's not apples and apples, and it's unkind. Uh, comparison makes us mean. It makes us critical. And as people of faith, as disciples of Jesus, let's not do that to ourselves. Let's not do that to each other. Let's not 
fall into the trap of comparisons. Be kind to yourself and be kind to each other. But we also must be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, which is a good Mother's Day tip, actually. You should never throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's quite frowned upon. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't eliminate comparison and then also eliminate aspiration because those are two different things. Aspiration means you're looking in, not so much looking out. Aspiration means I see a good example here in the Word of God. I see good examples around me in my world, and I notice that there are perhaps gaps for myself that I could fill. There are things that I need to do to grow, and we should absolutely be people who have a growth mindset. Christians should be aspirational. We should be growing. We should have a transformational approach to life. We should be growing spiritually and relationally and mentally and emotionally because we are disciples. And by the very nature of being a disciple, it means that you are growing. You are an understudy to Jesus. You are looking at his ways. You are looking at his life and his lessons and those learnings. And you are figuring out what of those things do I need to work on? Dallas Willard, who's one of my favorite authors, who's since passed, and he, uh, he's an author and a theologian, and he wrote a great book called Divine Conspir Conspiracy, which is not everyone's cup of tea, but I certainly enjoyed it. And there's a, there's a, a section in there where he talks about vampire Christianity. It was a little bit con controversial uh, when he talked about it. Vampire Christianity. This idea that there are Christians who take the blood of Jesus and say, thank you very much, Jesus, I'll have your blood. That's awesome, but I don't really want a whole lot more to do with you. I've got my ticket to heaven, so I'm done. But that's not the kind of faith I'm interested in. I'm sure that's not the kind of faith you're interested in. We want to be growing. We have a transformational approach to life. We don't see that demonstrated in the word, that sort of faith. We don't see it demonstrated by Jesus. We certainly don't see it demonstrated in the New Testament with Paul and the apostles and the disciples. And so there is absolutely no reason why we should think that that's an acceptable way for us to behave as Christians. We should have an aspiration. Ask yourself, am I going? If I was to look at myself today and look at myself a year ago, has there been growth? And if not, what's, what's going on? Why not? And what can you do perhaps to fix it? My third and final point about the Proverbs 31 woman is that this passage that we see is not a checklist. Uh, it's not a list of things to do. Um, and if it was, I'd be in trouble because there's no ways I'm going to be purchasing a vineyard any, any, anytime soon and I don't, I don't know any merchants to which I can give sashes. And so it's not a checklist it's an image and a picture that describes her way. We see that with Jesus. We see the way of Jesus. Yes, we learn from his words. We learn from his lessons, but we look at his life. We see where he hung out. What were the kinds of things that he did? That speaks to who he is. And it's the same with the Proverbs 31 woman. All these things that she's doing, the activity is just a reflection on who she is, her way. And so from that passage, we see that she is kind and she is generous and she has a heart for justice and she's hardworking and she's industrious and she loves her family and she loves God. That's her way. 
And when I look at her way, there are so many things that I can learn. I'm sure you will agree in your life. What are the things that you, when you look at that, you go, yeah, yeah, there, there are some gaps there for me. What's your way? What are the things you do? What does your life say about you? This is what her life says about her. She is kind, virtuous, and loves God. What does your life say about you? If I was to set you a little activity, a Mother's Day weekend treat, yippee, and say to you, honestly, one of the best things you can do is just sit down, spend a bit of time with God, take an hour, take half an hour, and perhaps write your own Proverb 31. Write down what does your day look like? What does your week look like? What are some of the activities, the, the mundane, the boring things that we all do all of the time, but what do they say about who you are? What is your way? And you will see that there are things in there that you didn't even realize. I get up in the morning, I make my husband a cup of coffee and I take it to him in bed and then I try and balance work and the kids and everything else that I have to do. I run around, I ring my friends, I text my mum. What are those things that they say about me? Maybe I am kind and compassionate. Maybe I do really love others and seek justice. And when you have an opportunity to do that, to sit and think about your way, um, those are things you can celebrate. And that's what I encourage you to do this weekend. Celebrate who you are because you are awesome. I know that sounds corny, but seriously, like there are enough voices in the world telling us that we're not good enough. Spend some time looking at who you are and the work that God has done in you and just thank him for it and celebrate for all the wonderful things that you are and that you do. And then be a little aspirational. Maybe have a think about where are the gaps for me? What are some of the growth opportunities or growth um, goals that I can set where I can tighten things up? Maybe be a little bit more aspirational. Um, maybe seek out some good examples and model myself or speak to people who can give me some counsel and advice around that. Those are really great and good things for you to do. Now, before I close in prayer, I want to do one more thing, um, perhaps to help you with your reflection for those of you who aren't going to do the homework because there is always 80% of the class isn't going to do it and you're probably it. So for those of you who may not do the homework, I'm going to once more read the Proverbs 31 woman to close. But it's a modern version. It's what we may see if Proverbs 31 woman was today. And maybe have a think about uh, what resonates with you. Both, yes, that's me, and both, oh, it's something I can work on. Let's read that now. It says from verse 10, Who can find a confident, kind-hearted, virtuous woman? For her price is far above anything this world can offer. Her husband loves her with his whole heart, showing his love through service pre-planning their dates and still looking at her like they were dating. And she loves him with her whole heart, forgiving him his faults, encouraging his talents and always remembering that he is the son of God. During the day, she Googles how to get stains out of her daughter's brand new jeans, wipes the toddler's tray for the 50th time and balances the budget. She runs errands, gets kids to the doctor's appointments and goes food shopping. Sometimes she even buys organic hummus to go with Doritos that she bought. During the nights, when she just wants to curl up in bed and sleep, she packs lunches for tomorrow, irons clothes for tomorrow's workday and wonder how long her eldest will still call her mummy. She also remembers to put clothes in, to donate in the boot of her car so that she doesn't forget again. She works hard to multiply what life gives her so that it is enough and more for her family. She is a wise steward of her resource. 
She is strong and uses her strength to give voice to the voiceless in her community. She doesn't waste her time or emotional energy comparing her life to others. Facebook does not define her self-worth. She takes time for self-care, enjoying hobbies that enrich and beautify her family's home and which create a space to make mistakes, learn and grow. She recognises the abundance of her blessings most of the time and generously shares her challenge, compassion and material resources with others. She uses her education to bless her family, her family support her continued education. She is wise in how she talks about her body. She knows little ears will hear and sometimes mimic body shaming feelings or talk. Her husband talks respectfully about her and she about him. She works hard with her hands, her head and her heart to bless her family and others. She has a village she can call on in times of need. Her countenance radiates strength and goodness and she is striving to allow her faith to overcome her fears of the future. It's easy to give her compliments and she repents when she realises she said something unkind about another. She keeps her family close to her heart and knows when to work and when to play. She watches her children grow up and regardless of the paths they choose, she knows she will love them. There are many different ways to be a virtuous woman and you are one of them. Being on trend and staying out of pictures because your hair and makeup or outfit doesn't look the best is lame and you know it. It's a woman who's trying her best to keep the commandments of the Lord and repenting often who truly has joy. When you see a good woman, speak it. We rise by lifting others. Let's pray. God, we thank you for every man and woman and child that is watching today. We thank you for who they are now and we thank you for who they aspire to be as they commit to try and be better um, but still celebrate who they are. We pray, God, as they get up and do the daily life and the mundane things day in and day out that you will um, heighten to their attention, Holy Spirit, their way and all the good things that you are doing in and through them. And I pray that you will haul out to each of us through your Holy Spirit the things that we really need maybe to work on and then strengthen us to be able to do that. Help us to be true disciples, to be worthy of the calling we have received. Not to compare our others, ourselves to others, but rather to aspire to who you are, Jesus. And for those of you perhaps that are watching today that are not Christians, or as you've been listening, you've maybe never made a decision to become uh, what I call the disciple of Jesus. I'd like to give you the opportunity to start that journey. Certainly this isn't a magic bullet, uh, but it's a prayer that gets you on the right path that basically says, Jesus, I want that. I want to accept what you've done and I want to live a life that's good and that glorifies you. And so if that is you, um, why don't you pray this prayer with me? Dear Father God, I thank you for the sacrifice you have made for me through your son, Jesus. I thank you that through the sacrifice, I can be free from sin. Forgive me, Lord, for my sins. I commit to a real and intimate relationship with you, God, through your son, Jesus. Guide me. Help me. I am yours. Amen. You prayed that prayer for the first time. There's a couple of things you have to do. Like I said, we're not vampire Christians. We're on a trajectory. And so, yes, you prayed that prayer and we're so happy and blessed that you did. But it would be great if you could contact the office and let them know that you did that so that we can start walking with you on that journey. Thank you so much for spending today with me. Um, I pray you have a blessed weekend. Goodbye. <laughs>